0: Joining me right now on Kumite Radio is a gritty veteran in the Asian MMA scene, Dylan Fussell. He's the head coach of Team Quest Thailand, but he's also a fighter, so don't be uh, mistaken who he is, right? What's going on, Dylan? Hey, what's
1: up, brother? Pleasure to have you here, and uh, it's it's nice to speak to you there.
0: No doubt, man. uh, I want to start off. Talking about your fight career, you know, you started your pro career in Asia, so you're deeply, deeply embedded into Asian MMA. What brought you here in the beginning?
1: Oh, man, like, uh, I think my first trip to Thailand was 2003, and I just fell in love with the culture. As most guys come, you know, it's cheap, it's hot, there's Muay Thai nice people. Um, so that was my, my, my first venture out here and then I came and I trained for a few years and I always wanted to make it back and I always wanted a way to to live out here to stay out here and to sustain you know so uh, opening the gym was really the only it's the only thing I know is martial arts as well. Uh, so that's kind of where where we were coming from you know just just, just a way to sustain and live out here. And then uh, when we opened the gym, and I think it was uh, 2012, mm. November 2012, so it's been about six years now, uh, and I figured, you know, I better just start fighting out here so that uh, we could build the name of the gym and, and get a little bit of a following up in Chiang Mai.
0: PXC, Kulun Fight, Full Metal Dojo, man, you've been all over the place. You've fought guys you've never even heard of you just go there and that's brave man it's a brave thing to do because a lot of these guys they want like six week notices and you know they want to know their opponents and all this stuff how has that experience been oh man that's a really good point you know
1: like out here uh these these younger fighters and when you're trying to get your name established a lot of times you have to say fly to china and you fight these guys that on paper, they don't have a record, like on Sherdog, sure you know, and then you, you end up getting there and they have quite a bit of experience and they're pretty tough. So, you know, you, you kind of have to have your, your skills sorted out and confidence in yourself before you just want to go out here and fight. Because, yeah, like you said, a lot of the times you don't know who the opponent is, you don't know much about them, and you can't scout them. So you really have to be confident in your skills and,
0: and your abilities. What is one of the wildest stories you've had in your experience of going to another country and fighting and then maybe opponent changing last minute or something like that?
1: Man, I've been really lucky, uh, with going to these, uh, I mean, you know, China of course is the craziest, everybody has a crazy China story, but, uh, I've been really lucky. We've had nothing but good trips. One of my favorite was, uh, a few years ago, uh, a bunch of us on the team got on that World Series of Fighting, mm-hmm. global, that was in China. <laughs> you know, we, luckily we got on the first show because I think they only had a couple. But uh, there was three of us on the card, me, Scott Hudson, Caleb Lolly, and uh, we took our coach, Bruno, Kana. I mean, it was a great trip. So I have really good memories mostly, you know, of uh, going to fight in China, but uh, I think my last fight in China, thank goodness it actually didn't go on my record because it was a kickboxing show, but I pretty much beat the guy from pillar to post mm. and then lost the decision. So that's another thing that young fighters have to be prepared for out there. You, know? it's, uh, you don't get in fair shape the whole time.
0: Definitely. It, 2015, in my memory, I remember you fighting on a cruise ship. <laughs> Do you remember yes, this? Sir. Yeah, but you, of course you remember this, right? Because I think that's the first time in the history of... MMA. I don't know. I don't remember any promotion doing any shows on a cruise ship. How was that experience of fighting in the open air on a boat yeah. moving? Yeah, it, it was pretty wild,
1: man. It was a cruise ship with pirates. Everybody <laughs> was dressed as a pirate. You know, the referees, the officials. Everybody was having a good time. You know, and it was cool. Uh, the, the The boat left from, I believe, Malaysia, and then it docked in Phuket. And we fought on the boat in Phuket, so it was cool. Um, definitely an experience, I, I fought a real tough, tough guy, Michelle Adelina from, I think he was from Holland, and uh, that, that was my first time, or no, it wasn't my first time, it was uh, one of the times where he fought on the global rule set, and I didn't adjust accordingly, you know what I mean? I held the guy against the cage, I was grinding the whole time, but I took some damage and then I ended up losing the decision, so it was a learning experience for sure. But overall, it was fun. You know, I, I at first I was a little bitter because I thought I won. But you know, a couple years later, you look back and it's a great experience. So I'm happy I did.
0: Yeah, I think it's important for fighters to fight under different types of rule sets because you don't know what you're going to fight, what promotion you're going to fight for in the future, and they all have different rules. You know, one championship has rules where you cannot. Uh, soccer kick, but then other promotions allow soccer kicks, and other some certain promotions don't allow elbows, like Road FC. They don't allow elbows. You know, yeah. you gotta experience all those things to kind of develop your game, and I think your mental, also, right? Absolutely, yeah, and that's kind of ties back to what we were saying before.
1: Is like you just have to have your yourself sorted out. You know, you have to be confident in your abilities. I don't like to see younger fighters kind of learning on the fly, you know, in a dangerous situation. I do like to see younger people uh, that get into training, train for a little while and get their skills sorted out so you don't get out there and get hurt. I feel like I I waited so long before I started my pro career that I'm very confident in my defense, my abilities, and and
0: you get your mind sorted out. You know, you don't get super tied up into the emotion of the fight. You're able to fight better. You fought twice in 2017, got some good wins. Why haven't you competed in 2018 so far?
1: Oh, man, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I would really like to. I've had opportunities to fight in China, you know, and it's just not quite enough money, and the opponents are dangerous. And I've really got my fingers crossed. I think about it every day is getting in one championship, you know. I really... I think it's time for it. a couple of years ago. I wasn't so into it. I wanted to move around a little bit, but you know, I'm just really holding out. I'm, I'm hoping I can ask the right people and, and, uh, you know, make the right moves and just get in there. I really want to, you know, get our gym name out there again.
0: Of course you're ready to go in there and make an impact in one championship. What attracts you the most about that promotion?
1: Oh, definitely the professionalism, you know, um, you you get paid well, and you get paid the moment you step out of the cage and you walk backstage, you get crispy hundred-dollar bills. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and, and, you know, they have insurance. It's a beautiful promotion, and they, they talk about wanting to build martial arts, you know, and, and that's just really an angle that I think that I, I like. You know, nowadays, modern MMA, it's for entertainment, of course, but it, it you know, the American version of modern MMA is just a little too aggressive. I, I like the martial arts aspect and the respect aspect. So
0: in, in that sense, I really like
1: See, They're doing great things.
0: All right, let's talk about your team. Team Quest Thailand. You're the sure. owner. You're the coach. Those are heavy duties right there. How do you handle everything? Well, now that you mention it, that's probably why I don't fly very often. Because I'm just
1: in the gym Twice a day, every day, whether I'm training myself or I'm in there focusing on one of the athletes or I'm off cornering somebody or I'm coaching classes or we're doing business stuff. You know, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, when we first started doing it, it was very overwhelming to try to train to and be an athlete and run the business and be a coach. It was really overwhelming, but I just through discipline, you know, waking up every day. And uh, making the right choices, you know, you just, you build strength and you build momentum. And I'm at a really good point now where it doesn't feel like work. I mean, we, it's a beautiful thing. We wake up and we train together every day. And it's, the sun is shining. We train outdoors. And, man, I'm just really lucky. So I have to remind myself every day to be grateful, you know.
0: Yeah, it's probably definitely better than training out in Iceland or... you know some northern country where the ground is frozen right oh
1: man it's hot every day we come in and we joke about it like oh man what a terrible day it's sunshine again you know so uh, we're very blessed man
0: now coaching what is your approach to coaching are you a guy are you an old school type of guy you grind them out or do you take a more scientific approach to what's going on
1: Uh, I definitely think that you need to, you know, incorporate modern methods, of course, like nutrition and recovery. I'm really big on those things. Um, But then, you know, the gym that I came from in Team Quest Fight Club, the original in, in Oregon, man, nobody knew anything except for how to grind and how to beat each other up. So I see the... The positive benefits in that kind of training it, 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 and the, the mental toughness that you get from it and, and the guys that survived it, they're still in the UFC fighting. They're some of the toughest guys. So I, I do have an old school approach as far as like uh, developing mental toughness and physical toughness is you just do it, you know, that you just get after it. And you, you go hard and you push yourself past those levels and that's how you know how far you can go but I do believe in taking care of yourself and being careful. I mean, it's every day we're training high impact stuff twice a day. So I I like to see the athletes really take care of
0: themselves, rest, recovery, nutrition, all those things are very important. Back in Oregon at team quest, who are some of the guys you started out with?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. I'd love
0: to talk about
1: these guys. Um, when the first day I was so scared to walk in there, I parked in the parking lot. You know, this was like 2004, you know, I parked in the parking lot and I was so scared. And I walked through the doors and I want to talk about uh, just for a moment is, is Coach Robert Fallis,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who was standing there. Like I walked through these doors and, and there he was and he was wearing his big T-Quest rash guard and he's super tall and he stands upright. And he literally just came over to me and made me feel so welcome and so uh, so relaxed. And he explained the whole process, and from that day forward, I was I was a member of Team Quest till this day. Um, some of the guys that really stand out, of course, are Robert Paulus. I could never repay how much he's helped me. It's incredible. He's the most incredible coach I've ever been with in my entire life. Um, Ian Loveland, crazy fighter, he fought in the UFC's one of my best friends, really, uh, as far as developing mental toughness, he's the guy I looked to, to he, he punched it right out of me, you know? uh, and Chris Wilson, Chris Lieben, Ed Herman, Ryan Schultz, uh, Dan Anderson, Matt Lindland, all these guys were there, and it was a really incredible experience that uh, I, I I see myself now and and the other fighters that I'm around and I see the difference it made in in me, you know, especially with the younger fighters who haven't gone through that day. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for that experience.
0: Well, that's a crazy list of names. You know, what do you think about what what do you think about when you see uh, Chris Lieben knocking out Phil Baroni in that bare knuckle boxing fight? I was happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there's a big storyline with Baroni because he fought Matt Lindland a couple times and he came to our gym too, so it was great, you know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Chris. I I remember, you know, we we used to hang out back in the day, and he was a guy that I really looked up to. You know, he was ahead of me, and and he really pushed me and drove me too. So to see a guy get back in there, it's inspiring, man. You know, especially bare knuckle
0: boxing.
1: <laughs> That's crazy, right? <laughs>
0: You know, recently there were some rumors that came out that Dan Henderson is going to come back and fight Tito in that Golden Boy MMA promotion, their second show. That that would be pretty amazing to see that happen, don't you think? I just saw that
1: right before we started talking. Yeah, I liked that post because uh, I like that. You know, it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Chuck 48 years old?
0: Yeah, something like that, yeah. I,
1: yeah, I think Tito was like 38, Chuck was 48 or something. And, uh, man, you know, I would like to see Dan get in there. He, he's probably 48, but he hasn't taken as much damage as Chuck, and I think he would give Tito a hard time. But, you know, it was kind of sad to see Chuck go out like that. You know, it was kind of, I hope he got paid well. But you can't fault a guy,
0: too, for wanting to follow his dream. He wants to fight, he wants to make money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's his choice, you know. Yeah, if there's opportunity, you got to take advantage of it, right?
1: Yeah, but I got Dan Henderson in that one for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dan Henderson might be 48, but those hands are not 48. Yeah, the H bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now going back to your team, you know you've created a team over the years. Um, coaches have come in and out. Fighters, your yes. fighters. Talk about some of your fighters and some of the prospects you have.
1: Man, we've been really blessed in having, like, uh, some really great fighters come through. Um, you know, guys that have came and went. Uh, Mark Abelardo just got signed with one championship. He's probably my favorite fighter of all time. The guy is just, and he's such a hard worker, such a good person, you know. That's what that's what makes my favorite fighters is, uh, you know, what kind of teammates they are and what kind of person. They don't have to be the best fighter. Uh, Connor Hyatt, Scott Hudson. These guys came through, Bruno Carvalho. uh, So they really established like a good standard of of how we're gonna train and and what we expect. And then we got a new wave of kids. There's uh, one of my favorite is this girl, Marie Romet from Estonia. She's a beast, just about 30 Muay Thai fights and tomorrow she'll have her MMA debut. Uh, And she's been training really hard. And I I think she has real like championship quality. she, she can do really well. Um, a few more. We got Greg Edwards fighting tomorrow too, an American, very tough wrestler. Uh, Shannon, Shannon the Cannon. <laughs> She's a great Muay Thai fighter, really good, uh, works very hard. Peter Daniso. We got a whole group of these young guys that are coming up, and, and, and we're trying to groom a couple of them for one championship. Um, but I'm excited, man. I really love coaching the younger uh, uh, the at- younger athletes and the developing athletes, because you show them something and it's something they've never seen before, and they're excited, and you can really guide them, in, you know, through these fights and, and teach them a lot of stuff. Whereas if you get guys that are very experienced, you know, you might be able to tweak something here and there, uh, and you might be able to get a lot more exposure off of them, you know, for your gym. But to me, it's not as fun as developing these kids. You know? It's great.
0: Yeah, I think as a coach. To be able to mold somebody into a champion is the ultimate goal, right? It's not about bringing somebody in that's already established and then riding that wave. It's like yeah. you said, development, right? Yeah, it's it's
1: very uh, satisfying. It's very fulfilling, you know. I mean, just to have one of these kids go take like a, a Muay Thai fight and they win after you train with them or an MMA fight, man, I just feel so satisfied. I feel better and more satisfied than if I go
0: it's very important to me too now your gym is located in chiang mai what makes chiang mai different from let's say bangkok phuket or Pattaya?
1: oh man that's that's a great question it's something we always try to touch on too is um it, to me you know when i first thought that we were going to open the gym in chiang, chiang mai i'm like why you know there's no beach <laughs> there's no you know party lifestyle but I mean, there's plenty of party, but, uh, man, Chiang Mai is just so beautiful. It's, it's more authentic Thailand. I know everybody says that or whatever, but, uh, it's cheaper. The people are nicer. It's got mountains in every direction. Uh, it's a small town you can get from one side of town to the other in five ten minutes. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a small place. Um, and, and I think it just attracts like A different kind of crowd too you know you don't get as many people wanting to party and you get more people wanting to train serious and be disciplined and uh it's a beautiful place man i'm really
0: really happy i made
1: my home there i i don't think i'll ever leave
0: (laughs) yeah it's a wonderful thing man to be able to find a place that you can settle down and grow from that you know establishment and i think you got that there with team quest thailand um Let's talk about Thailand, MMA in Thailand. There are many gyms in Thailand. It's becoming known now it's in Asia. That's the that's the main place, right? You go to Thailand. Yeah. There's the gyms yeah. there are huge. Yeah. But not many major promotions doing shows in Thailand. What is holding back the sport, do you think?
1: Oh man.
0: Uh I bet it's
1: Real close, because uh, it's such a good market. I mean, the fight sports are so popular here. Of course, there was a little pushback with MMA when it first started, you know, from from the, the political powers in Muay Thai, you know, maybe felt threatened by it or whatever. But uh, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. You know, you see one championship coming in and, and uh, whatever that arena is that they sell out or they... I mean, it's amazing how many people they they can put in there. And they've done a few shows. And then also they they show live uh, UFC pay-per-view events on TV for free in Thailand. They show Muay Thai every day. So it, it's pretty incredible. I think it's going to really kick up soon. And there's more gyms popping up now too, even in Chiang Mai. Um, you know, we've been the only gym there offering real MMA for a long time. So... I actually would love to see it grow. I want to see more jiu-jitsu gyms, more MMA gyms everywhere, Chiang Mai, everywhere. I mean, I think there's there's room for everybody. You know, and it's only going to help the fighters, too. You know, if we all work together and, and just build a bigger community. So, But you got guys like John Nutt. Obviously, obviously he's been extremely pivotal in getting MMA recognized in Thailand. I mean, Full, full Metal Dojo is like a staple now, you know, and so many guys have gone to full metal dojo and they go on to one championship and things like that. So I'm really proud to have fought in, in, in full metal dojo. Uh, I was actually the very first fight ever <laughs> in full metal dojo. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really uh, thankful to those guys for giving me a platform to as well, you know? So, but I, I think it's really going to kick up in the
0: next two years or something. Yeah, I think, I believe the same thing. I think Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Myanmar, Cambodia, yeah. those countries are going to blow up next, yeah. and it's going to be incredible. MMA is just going to, I think MMA is going to take over like all the striking sports eventually, because those guys are going to transfer over to MMA because they're going to see all the money that their people are making with it. So it's good for you, man, because you got a gym, and you can be like, hey, <laughs> you know, you're one of the best. Uh, you know, boy, Thai fighters come over here. I'm gonna, you know, sharpen up your ground game and uh, your wrestling, and let's let's put you out there and make you a champion. Yeah, that's, that's
1: something I do like is uh, taking taking strikers too, because I I love to coach wrestling and, and and things like that. And of course, if I was back in Oregon, I wouldn't be coaching much wrestling because there's wrestling everywhere, and I'd be coaching striking. But it's great to take these strikers. And to just try to teach him a little bit of wrestling and some ground stuff, and then to really see it click and to see him enjoy it, you
0: know, I, I really
1: get a lot of satisfaction out of that
0: too. Yeah, the first wave is coming right now, I believe, of that group of high-level strikers in Thailand, learning wrestling, learning jujitsu, and in about five years, you're gonna see some champions develop in MMA from that area. And you never know, Team Quest Thailand might be one of those gyms that produces that type of fighter. so hey thank you for your time i know you're busy you got your fighters they got to cut weight and and do all this stuff but uh yeah i enjoyed your uh chatting with you and hopefully we could do this again man in the future i'd love to brother
1: and man i really want to say thank you for what you're doing for the for the scene and i really appreciate you giving me a platform today man and
0: uh i wish you all the best too bro Uh, thanks